I took screenshots of this. And sent them to me. you had already finished. Uh-huh. You, you're like, uh-huh. let me know when you finish. Uh-huh. And I took screenshots and, and messaged Megan. I was like, what the hell is happening? Anyang SAO, welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists, and your K-Romance guides. So grab some deck bokey and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey there, Megan. Hello, Amy. How are you? I'm good. I think that maybe our listeners might be a little confused, though, because Megan sounds different. <laughs> it's as I have co- uh, coined my nickname is BTS Megan. Yeah, anytime I show up on the Patreon, anytime I am doing anything with the Afternoon of Delight team, I will put myself in the chat as BTS Megan because that's how I am now known because there's two of us and I feel like the two of us could get really chaotic. <laughs> Afternoon of Megan and like Army Megan, the two of us would be yeah. really chaotic. Yeah. So I've yeah. seen you two in the same yeah, yeah. place together and I can attest to <laughs> yeah. that. Yes. So yes. Yeah. So we are uh, doing a little bit different of a collaboration tonight. We've got an Afternoon of Army and Afternoon of Delight collaboration tonight because Afternoon of Delight Megan is in California on in wine country riding a Segway, which I don't understand how that's safe, but she's doing that. <laughs> and Leah, Leah is in South Korea right now. And I am living her best life vicariously through her. I mean, she walked through the Goblin Tunnel. I can't. I saw that. I can't. I know. It was so great. She even did it with like a holding a bag. She did it with a bag. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She also had cold noodles today, which was amazing. Like I saw she put them in her stories and Mm -hmm. I saw or the, the pod stories. And I was like, oh my gosh, are those cold noodles? And she was like, yes. I was like, that's so amazing. And then. She did send me a picture um, that's like somewhere in that building, Namjoon's sleeping. Oh and I was like, cool. <laughs> Thanks. If you run into him, tell him I said hi. <laughs> Thanks. Like, amazing. Like the whole thing. So far, all her pictures have been amazing. She just like spams us. I was like, if you don't start spamming me as soon as you get off the plane, yeah. I'm going to be mad at you. Yeah. Because I want to see it all. I want to see everything. Same. She's like, she's like, yeah. I might, you know, she goes, what if I like FaceTime you if I'm like, if I see something that I really, I'm like, I don't care if it's two in the morning, my time. I will pick yeah. up. I will pick up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it looks like Me. she's having an amazing Me time. Too. I'm so impressed with all the places she's been already because she mapped it all out like before she went. Like she had a yes. spreadsheet. Like I'm so mm-hmm. impressed. And also so, so happy that she's kind of like the guinea pig and doing it before all of us do. So that when we finally <laughs> yeah. make it out there as like a big podcast group, um, we've already got like Leah to lead us around. Yeah. And she was like, I'm not gonna say she was struggling, but like she has two interests because she has her K-drama interests and then she has her like K-pop like right. BTS interest. So she is really burning the candle at both ends because she's trying to do it all. Yep. Like she's trying to do all of the things. Um, and she did go to Hybe yesterday. I saw that. She did, she did take pictures of Hybe yesterday and we were like, Oh my God, touch the building. Cause we're so <laughs> lame about it. Like it's so, did exciting. you touch the building? It's amazing. It is. So yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're yeah. very, very excited that she is there. Very, very happy to be living vicariously through her. But that also means that tonight we get to talk about a drama that neither uh, Afternoona, Delight, Megan, nor Leah has watched. And I still can't wrap my head around the fact that they're just not, like, clawing their eyes out to watch. Like, that, that's one thing I want to talk about tonight is kind of like, what 
what is it that that has us like out of our minds for Rowan dramas and that like how is not everybody like that? You know? I what I will tell you is I'm gonna talk about this a little bit later. I go through this where I will watch um a actor in a drama mm-hmm. that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And then I will proceed to watch every single thing they're in from here on out. Like for a while. Um and that is before there, I knew about the podcast and before I was following a bunch of stuff online, I just didn't know what drama to pick next. So I just was like, oh, uh, he's in this too. Cool. I will go ahead and watch that as well. So that's kind of, I mean, I've done this before, but I feel like now it's more of a choice where I'm like, oh, he's in this too. Well, <laughs> hit play. Right. Right. Because <laughs> we, we know a little bit more now, but that was totally me with, with yeah. Eamon Ho, you know, way back in my early drama watching days. And I watched everything that I could find on Vicky and Netflix, and then ordered the DVDs of City Hunter, which I still haven't watched, but I have it. Because I have Mm -hmm. to just kind of hunker down with my tiny DVD player to watch that. (laughs) Like I bought a little little tiny DVD player just to watch Mm -hmm. City Hunter. So, And uncontrollably fond, because I also, you know, Mm -hmm. had my Mm -hmm. Kimubin era, and then that ended after I watched Uncontrollably Okay, and I just have to get this out, Okay. Kim Woo-bin was the best thing about airs. 100%. And I remember 100%. I remember listening to the podcast you guys did. I think you guys did airs and Boys and Over Flowers. Boys Over Flowers. And then way later I watched both of them cuz it was not something on my list and I think it was like not I think it was last Christmas. I just was like, "Oh, I don't have anything to watch right now. I'm going to watch it." And I was like, "They sold this man so short. Like yeah. they didn't talk about him enough because he is so good in yeah. it." I'm not going to say he's so good in it, but he's got his moments. And I was just like, poor, poor, sad Chae yeah, poor little Rich Boy. Like, he, he does the yes. poor little Rich I mean, Choi Young, oh. Young Do is one of my favorite characters ever. Choi Young Do. Even though he's horrible. Choi Young Do. A lot of it. Yeah, I mean, he's a bully. He he's a horrible bully. <laughs> but he's got but so I mean, many boo-boos. Hurt people hurt people. He needs hugs. He needs a lot of hugs. He does. what he needs. He yeah. does. And he like, grew. So anyway, yeah. If you have not yeah. watched Airs, like... It's worth I it. watched it for for Eamon Ho. I came away with it loving Kim Woo Bin. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. you go. But you know what? We're not talking about either of those people tonight. We're not. <laughs> let's talk about the man of the hour. Okay. So let's start with a quick introduction to the drama we'll be discussing today. And as always, we will begin our chat with non-spoilery bits about the drama and the people in it. And then when it's time to get into it, we will give a warning that the spoilers are coming. So... Let's start out first with um, Destined with You's Asian Wiki blurb, because that's where I always go when I'm like, what is this drama about? So Destined with You, I just want to give credit, is written by Noji Soul and directed by Nam Ki-hoon. And here's the blurb. Lee Hong-jo, played by Jo Boa, is the lowest grade level nine civil servant. She always does her best at work, even though she suffers from many civil complaints. In her personal life, she is used to being alone. One day, she happens to become the owner of an old wooden chest and the key to lift a curse from Zhang Shenyu, Rowun. Zhang Shenyu is a competent lawyer who is smart and good-looking. He is usually in the spotlight wherever he goes, but he suffers from an unexplained disease. His condition gets progressively worse. He is desperate to lift the curse that has run through his family for generations. Zhang Shenyu seeks help from Yi Zhang Ho, who owns the old wooden chest. That's it. <laughs> That's the blurb. That's the blurb. So then we went to Netflix. (laughs) 
Do you want to read Netflix's blurb? Netflix's blurb says, A lawyer bound by a centuries-old curse becomes entangled with a civil servant who holds the key to his freedom, igniting an unexpected romance. So a little bit more to the point, right, on Netflix. we have, That's like more of a logline, but still did not prepare me for the story at all. None of that did, right? Like, I remember no. when you first started it, you messaged me and you're like, this might be horror. <laughs> you're like, yeah. there's this bloody hand and I don't know what is happening. <laughs> I wanted to give a heads up because uh, Sarah from Afternoon Ask and I covered um, The Good Bad Mother. And that was sold to us as like a happy family, like situational drama with like a fun cast of characters. And it was so violent and like murdery. (gasps) Yeah. It's like violent murder happening in there. (laughs) Um, And Sarah and I were both like, like, I remember Sarah like on her Instagram talking about like trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. And I messaged her and I was like, you know, you're right because the... The actual, like, um, trailer for that particular drama was, like, a happy pig farm. And, like, the son gets in an accident and has to go back home and live with his mom. And, like, it was, like, all these things. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, mom and son come together and, like, heal some generational trauma. Cool. And then you start watching it and you're like, wait, that guy just killed that guy. That guy wants to kill that guy. That guy is trying to kill. Okay, cool. Murder, murder, almost murder, (laughs) attempted murder. And so, like, as soon as I saw the bloody hand, I was like, wait a minute. I need to, I need to tell Amy because I know Amy wants to watch this because it's Rawoon. And like, I was like, listen, there's a bloody hand. I don't know where it's going. I don't do zombies or horror. So, like, if this is going to take a turn, I'm probably out. Like, I love the guy, but like, I'm probably out. And then, of course, that's not how it turned out, but like, I just felt like trigger warning just in case. And it's not horror, but like they kind of sell it. Like, don't you feel like the first episode, they kind of sell it? Yeah. yeah it was like, very, so yeah, so we're not spoiling anything. Like you see this no, bloody hand like caressing his in. cheek, like five minutes in and you're like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. And he's in this like very sleek, like dark lawyery office. And so it's got this kind of like ominous feel. And then you get like four episodes in and it is one of the funniest dramas <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so so that was where, so when I was trying to sell it to Leah and Megan, I said, look, the blurb for this does no justice for this drama. I said, all all I have to say about it, and it takes four episodes to get there, but like, just, it's it's Roon, and it's, you know, Joe Boa, and it is a love potion gone wrong. Yeah. Like, that was, that would be all I needed. And I would say, if someone asked me, I would say, do you like Faded Mates with a side of slapstick? And a dark and twisty mystery. And also how much you love Rowan. <laughs> right. Because that's all you need to know, really. Like, you're just going to stick it out. I was, listen, I got to episode like two and a half and I was like, look, this could go crazy off the rails. I'm sticking to it. Like, you know that meme that's like, that's my man. I'm sticking <laughs> with him. That, that's what I was going to do for this drama. I was just in it to win it at that point. Like, no turning back. Right. Right. Like, regardless of the story, his charm is, like, off the charts in this. But, mm-hmm. yeah, but the and, – and I get I get that something is definitely lost in translation, you know, coming from, you know, Hangul to English. But also, I know that I'm also looking at it with the Western view of, like, everything is 
everything in the US is trying to sell you something, right? So if it's a back cover blurb of a book, it's trying to sell you to buy that book. If it's a movie trailer, it's trying to sell you to, you know, to go to that movie. And so I just don't feel like this blurb sold me, but I was there anyway because of Rose. Yeah. Yeah. I love your question. Like your question was like, true or false? You initially came to this drama because of the story presence. I was like, false. (laughs) 100%. False. 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 I was going to watch this no matter what. Yeah. No matter what. I, I was like, even if I, I don't really follow the story, I'm just going to watch it. We're going to find, we're going to see what happens. And it, it is, I watch it, you watch it dropping two episodes a week. So it wasn't like we were going to go in and binge it. We, we had to wait. Like, it would end and then we'd have to wait a week for yes. it to come back. So I was like, I'll just watch it. It's on my watch list. I'll just go for it. Right. Yeah, and there, there was like, a difference with watching something live than binging because even though it felt a little messy in the beginning, I was like, there are so many good things in addition to the messiness of it that I'm in mm-hmm. to see how this goes. Yeah, me too. Me too. I actually kind of enjoyed the messiness. Um, but I think that is like, a, that's like such a good tribute to the actors because the actors really like not just Raoon, but um, the female lead in this, she really sold it too. And I like really respect that because it could have gone the wrong way and it didn't, it, it was really good. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it was to the point where in the beginning I was like, is this just the Raoon effect or is this really a good drama? And I'd put a question out on, in our Patreon and this was like midway through it too. Right. So we weren't mm-hmm. all the way done yet. And a lot of people were like, I think it's him because I don't really know if this story is going to like stick the landing. And then by the time I got to the end of the drama, I'm like, oh, no, this was a fantastic drama. Yeah. Like, fantastic drama. Yeah. And it was fun. Like, I can't express that enough. Like, if someone were to ask me, like, oh, it seems, like, really serious or it seems really dark. No, it's really fun. And it does have some, like, twisty darkness to it. But, like, it's still fun in the end. Like, the characters are super fun. So, yeah. Yeah. It had everything. Like, honestly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, some of our other drama-watching friends dropped this drama in the early episodes, despite the, in our opinion, amazing cast. Would you say that this is a drama that has to grow on you until, say, the love potion twist in episode four? Or because you were watching it live, like, were you okay, like, from, you know, were you pulled in from the beginning? Or did you get extra? I mean, I think that I really, it really hooked me after episode four. So I watched it from, I didn't know I, I don't think any of us knew that there was going to be like a love potion. No. I I didn't really know. To be honest, I really didn't know what the drama was about until they like got the box. Like I didn't, re- I don't, I'm not a blurb reader. So I don't go and read the blurb. I don't go look at what it's about. I look at the characters and I watch the trailer and I'm like, yeah, that I probably will like that. So I'll watch it. That's how I pick all my dramas. I know it's like, I'm not the best person to ask ever, but um, so I just was like, Raoon looks like a love story. Yeah, I'm on board. That's fine. But when I watched the first episode, I really felt like it was like going to be an enemies to lovers, which I love because he was really cold. Like he was mean. Like he was like stuck up and like mean. And you knew it was a chable. And so you're like, oh, he's an icy chable. And then you get to episode four and he goes from like icy chable to devoted. Like <laughs> devoted to this person. And like it's golden retriever. Yes. Biggest golden retriever. And it's so funny to watch. And I think that's why like you get to the point where you're like, oh my God, this is so slapstick, but like in the best way. Because the first like three episodes, he's just kind of mean. He's mean to her. 
Yeah. He's he mean in general, but he's like me also mean to her almost in a way where like, I was like, wow, is he going to start bullying her? Like, is he going to start like, and I've you know, never seen Maroon her. like this before either. So yeah. I was like thrown. Um, the way he like held his jaw and like the way he held his face and the voice that he used, you know, he used like really deep, like dark voice, like, I'm calling you for information. And she's like, back off, buddy. Like, I haven't even opened the box yet, you know? So, like, it was just such a difference. Like, that episode four, when you watch it, and then he goes from, like, so cold to a jump? How high? <laughs> what What do you want me to do for you? You What do you need? I'll get it. Like, I'll walk to the ends of the earth for you, which I, again, is fantastic. Right. But I just really thought in the beginning it was going to be, like, enemies to lovers. So, after, like, episode one, I was like, okay. I'm on board. Like, this and seems I feel like it still was to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like, because she, like, this is one thing that I did love about, about, um, Hangzhou, the character Hangzhou, is that she was kind of a doormat to everybody who she worked with. Like, she had some really awful coworkers mm-hmm. and a boss who was holding a grudge against her. But when it came to Shin Yu, she held her own with him. Yeah, she had really good boundaries with him. Mm-hmm. Really good boundaries. And with would him. tell him off and, you know, yeah. So I, I really liked that about that, that she was not a doormat with him. Yeah, I really, like, I think about it because one of uh, my favorite, like, Western dramas is To All the Boys I Loved Before. Like, that oh. whole, like, trilogy. Did you, did you read um, those? Those are amazing books. I did. Books They're too. so good. Um, yes. And then my daughters and I were, like, obsessed when they were shown, you know, when they were th- yes. made into movies for Netflix. But what I loved is, like, it gave me, like, the Lara Jean energy where, like, you know, Lara Jean with Peter was, like, herself. She was, like, yes. ew, Peter, gross, or I don't like that, or I don't like you, or I'm going to take a stand. And, like, to everyone else in her life, she was just, like, okay, I'll do that. I'll take that. I'll, you know, a doormat, but not with him. And that's the energy I got from yep. Hanjo. I like this. that a lot. Like, very Lara Yeah, Jean. she was just very, like, no. He's, like, I'm going to come over. She's, like, no, you're not. He's, like, will you do this spell? <laughs> absolutely not no. stop calling me like i won't i also i love i thought about you every time the phone rang because in her, her phone he's root. root and it was so funny like every time she'd be like oh god why is he calling me which girl good for you that you have that in your mind because if robin was calling me i wouldn't be like oh god why is he calling me i'd be like answering immediately on the first ring before first ring. the first ring's even over <laughs> yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah no they were great so good so which Rowan dramas have you watched in addition to Destined with You? Which is your favorite? And why is Rowan our Roman Empire? So the first one I ever saw him in was The King's Affection. And I just about died because he is so handsome and so cute at the same time. And it's a real, I'm not going to say like, gender swap but it's real interesting how they tell that story and i love it and he gives that same kind of golden retriever energy at some point in that drama which is like i love it um but the first time you see him in that drama he's um in a roaring stream and like let's just say like the cuffing season song plays like it's cuffing season because he's a big boy (laughs) honestly and i was like um I'm sorry. Who is this man? Like, who? I've never seen him in anything before. I know he's been in other things, but that was like the first thing I saw. And so I was just like, well, okay. And so I did what I've done so many times before. I just started watching everything he was in. After I watched that, I watched Extraordinary You. Um, and then I, other things came up. So I didn't like finish watching all of his dramas. 
Um, but I will be watching tomorrow. I just haven't had the mindset for tomorrow because I know it's like can be kind of heavy and I just yeah. haven't wanted to go there. Yeah. But um, I will tell you that um, I've done this with past with leads in the past. Like one of the first things I watched in my early career was like uh, Itawan class. And then I watched every single thing Park Sojun was in. Like I just went down the line. I did the same thing. As you with, should. <laughs> yeah. I did the same thing with Namju Hook. Like, I was like, oh, I like him. Like, let's just, what is his list? Let's just go down the list. Um, and so I say that because I have watched Love in the Moonlight, Record of Youth, and Encounter because of Heart Go Bogum. So I, <laughs> so let's just say that, yeah, like, yeah, he, Raoon will be like Roman Empire. I feel like Raoon, like I felt about Song King. The first thing I ever saw Song King in was Navalera. And I just was taken with him as an actor and I feel the same way about Raul like I just can't believe someone this young is this good mm -hmm. um and in the roles they take on the role and like they become the character and I, I just find that so fascinating so I mean yes they're both handsome don't get me wrong but that's what I really love about him and that's why I'm like well now I gotta watch everything he's in and you said he's in something new and I'm he's unprepared. a new drama coming out on October 30th called The Matchmakers like Please just keep it, keep it going. Keep it going. Let me catch my breath. Let me catch my breath. What about you? So the first thing I saw him in was tomorrow. And I obviously didn't go to tomorrow because of him because I didn't know who he was. Uh, it was Megan and I who watched tomorrow, uh, afternoon of delight, Megan. And we went to it, I think just because we were like, it, it was the Reapers situation yes. of it. Like we loved, you know, Reaper was her favorite part of Goblin. And we know Kim Shin was my favorite part of Goblin, but I still loved Reaper. Um, and we're like, oh, this sounds pretty cool. It's Reapers. And I mean, like, trigger warning, if you haven't watched tomorrow, it is the Grim Reaper crew that we follow around are Grim Reapers who try to keep people from committing suicide. So it's, it's heavy. Like, it's, it's, uh, vignettes of different sort of suicide cases, um, which is rough, mm -hmm. but also it was very, very moving. But anyway, Roon plays a guy who is just trying to get his first job and he's going on job interviews and he's in his like suit and he's like walking down the street and he's interviewing and I'm like, who is this tall drink of a man? And I look him up and I'm like, he is 25. I know. <laughs> oh my God, he's 25 because he is like, he is man energy. Mm -hmm. There's nothing boyish about him. Like he is all man. That's all I can say. And he was beautiful. And tomorrow had zero romance in it with Roon. And I still just could not get over like how charismatic this guy was, how emotional he could be. Um, and he, I mean, that was it for me. And so, yeah, so I haven't watched The King's Affection yet. I will. Cause I know even like I, I've said more than once that like historicals are not usually my go to, but like, when I start watching, like it happened in tomorrow, there is a, there's like a frame story in tomorrow that is like a past lives thing. And I've been noticing more and more when I see these like past lives stories in, you know, like hundreds of years ago in these dramas, I get really into those parts of the story. Like in tomorrow, I would have watched an entire drama of the past lives portion of that. Like what, and it takes the whole drama for like, that to sort of reveal itself and what actually happened. Like, that's a big part of it. And it was done really, really well. Um, I'm like, oh, I would watch this story forever. And that that part had nothing to do with Raroon, too, which is kind of interesting. So yeah, so I have not watched that yet, but I, I watched Extraordinary You. And I actually went to Extraordinary You, not for my love of Raroon, but for EJ Oak, because I had just finished 
Alchemy of Souls. And I had that just like sort of hole in my heart of what do I do now that Alchemy of Souls is over? Because <laughs> that was my Roman Empire for a while. So I was like, oh my gosh, it's got EJ Oak and Rowoon, like double bonus. And then of course, I mean, EJ Oak is a fantastic second male lead, but I was all about Haru in that yeah. drama. It was all uh, Haru for me. Haru. Like, <sighs> I can't even. When somebody speaks their first words in a drama and I burst into tears, like that is something. Yeah, we talked before we started recording because I remember you talking about how, you know, EJ Wook was like, you're, you're like, oh my gosh, I like love him, my floor. Like <laughs> another 25 year old. He's 25. Like, and then Raoon and they're in the same one. And I, funny enough, I had just started that because I like both of them. I had just also come off watching Alchemy. Um, I waited for both parts to drop before I started watching it because I knew myself. I was like, I'm never going to Oh yeah, I binged all I of it. I watched 30 yeah, episodes too. in like two weeks. I watched, listen, I watched it in like a week. Okay. Like <laughs> 3 a.m. Got to know how it ends. Like that was me. And I remember messaging you and I was like, okay, I know you're really excited for this. And so am I. And I can't wait for you to watch it. However, you don't see this man until like episode four. And then he doesn't say anything to like episode six or seven. So like, you just got to stick with it. It's worth it. But I'm just letting you know, like if you get in it and you think, oh, where is he? He's never going to show up. He will. And then he just does in like the best way. Like, I can still hear her calling him. Like, oh my God. He, he is, he is like a sweet baby fairy of a man. Like, you know, like a, a, mm-hmm. a wood nymph. <laughs> Yeah, something super ethereal. Like, I just, I don't even know. I told you that he was like, I was like, he's like glistening. And you're like, what? And I was like, the way he's backlit, he just looks, it looks fake. Like, it just looks like he's a figment of everybody's imagination. He's not, but. It's a little, it's a little bit almost like Edward Cullenish. Like, he doesn't sparkle. But it's like Edward Cullenish. Like, there's just this aura about him Mm -hmm. that you know he's different. Yeah. And the lo- I feel like the lore is kind of the same. Like the lore is kind of the same in that he is like, nobody really knows about him. Nobody really knows where he came from. Nobody really knows what he's doing there. Right. Like, cause that drama is really about the stage and like what the writer's writing. And then he just like pops up and everyone's like, this isn't the way the story is supposed to go. And I was like, this is exactly the way the story is supposed to go. Okay. Oh, Let so him good. live his life. Let him live his life. <laughs> yeah. If you, I mean, if you have not watched Extraordinary You and, and you like just the whole sort of meta concept of story, like mm-hmm. there's so much good stuff in this. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. And Rowan. So. And Rowan. Of you course. <laughs> Man of the hour. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. So without giving too much away, Destin with you plays with the trope of faded mates from past lives. Is this a trope you usually like? And if so, what would be like another drama that you think does a great job with this trope? Um, I've always liked faded mates and I've been fine with past lives, but like magical realism hasn't really been my thing. Like in the past, it just isn't like, I like it, but like if I were to go and pick something, I wouldn't normally pick it up. That said, this summer <laughs> fall, I've watched See You in My 19th Life, A Time Called You, and Destined with You. So I mean, I'm a liar, basically, at this point. But these dramas, like, really got me. And I didn't mind those things. And I really enjoyed all three of them. Um, and, you know, I think, like, all three of these dramas did a really good job with Faded Mates. Um, 
I mean, I feel like A Time Called You is going to go down in history as one of the best written Faded Mates stories of all time. Um, 100%. I, I just feel like I, I, I can't. The problem with A Time Called You is you can't talk about it without giving so much away. No, so, like, no. that's literally all you can say about that drama. And I loved it. And it is in my top 10, um, mm-hmm. even probably my top five, which yeah, is really hard to break. Sure. Yeah, it's my top five is really hard to break. And what's crazy about that is I wasn't even going to watch that drama. Like, I, I was like, I'm not going to watch this. It seems really confusing. And then I remember, like, I'm like, you have you to. And, like, I was like, oh, my God, it's so good. Like, what do I do? I And I didn't know anyone wa- else watching it. Only you. So I was sending you. Me- I mean, I was sending you a message 1 a.m. my time, which is like yeah, 3 a.m. yours. I binged it. I binged it. And I yeah, messaged you because I knew you had started it. So I was like, oh, my gosh, what episode are you on? You're like. Oh, I never got past episode one, but she, you're like, <laughs> I, I guess I'll go, I guess I'll go back to it now. And then back. you, yeah. And then you just yeah. binged it. Yeah. And then I was hooked. Um, but faded mates for me, like one that sticks out for me is, um, weightlifting fairy Kim Bokju, which is funny. Cause it like, it's like current, like faded mates. Like they meet when they're little kids, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so it's like, they're friendly or friends, but like not. Uh, you know, like it's yeah. going to go somewhere else. So I really love that. And that tale is really cute. Like, I just think that's adorable. Um, but do you know another drama that's Faded Mates? Oh, you asked me to talk about you- Goblin? No, <laughs> no. Well, uh, I mean, I mean, I just need, I just need you to know that King's Affection is Faded Mates. Oh, okay. Okay. That's all I'm going with because I've been bugging you to watch this since your love of Roland. You have. So you I have. Need- And so has Leah. Like, <laughs> I just want to get that out I there. I know. No, so but, good. And I know it's a it's a recent drama, so not everybody has watched Sugi in My Nineteenth Life. But if mm-hmm. you have, I think that's a great comp for this one. It is. Um, and the same thing with Tomorrow and the part about Tomorrow that I'm, you know, the framework story is also a great comp for this. And I I love that you're bringing up the idea of like modern day faded maids too, because I think that was something that really got me when I watched Crash Landing on You, my first drama, and. I didn't know that that was like a common trope in K-drama because it was my first drama. So I'm like, I didn't either. oh my God, look at all the places their lives have crossed. They're meant to be. And that was what I mean, like, I loved it. Yeah. I will tell you that what killed me, that was my second drama. And again, I didn't know any of you yet. So I had no one to talk about this to. So I was calling my mom who could like care. She loves me, but she could care less about K-drama, right? And I was like, you, I'm like almost crying. You don't understand. See, she's standing in this place and she hears this song. Okay. And it's him. He's playing the song. I'm like crying, you know? And she's like, okay. And I'm like, but she goes later in her life and everyone she knows that can play the piano. She asked them to play this song and nobody can play it. You want to know why? Because he wrote the song because of course he, and it was, it was just too much for me. It was when they revealed that he took her picture, I was like, or she took their picture. I was like, are you, wait a minute. How was this? (laughs) I know. I know. I couldn't. I remember watching it like in my living room. It was 2020. I remember it well. It was like uh, almost summer 2020. It was end of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And we were all stuck inside together, not really doing anything. And I'm sitting on the couch like, oh oh my God. Like, uh. What is happening? And then I'm like, like, you know, clench, clenching my jaw, like coughing in my, my hand. And my husband's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, you, you wouldn't even believe it if I told you. You wouldn't even believe it if I told you how this is working. You just wouldn't. And he's like, okay. I'm like, I, 
That is such a good one because it is the first introduction I ever had. And then it made me think like, now when I watch a K-drama, I look for those things. Yes. Like I look for those clues like, oh, is this how this is going to work out? Is this how it's going to go? But yeah, like... It's really well done in Crash Landing yes. on You too. Like it's just... And yes. the, the, the slow reveal of it, it's really well done. And it's not like gratuitous like childhood connection. Like Mm-mm. like just to... I mean, even though I, I love the drama, but just to throw What's Wrong with Secretary Kim under the bus for a second, like that childhood connection, <laughs> I was like, come on. That childhood connection... <laughs> Okay, first of all, I love Secretary. I do. Okay, I said I love it, but I'm still throwing it under the bus. I love it. But what I love about it is that, and when you guys did your like, when Afternoon and Delight did your like 30 days of K drama in June, and it was like the worst kid in K drama or whatever, some, I don't remember what it was, like worst kid or worst character. (laughs) It's the little brother. It's the brother. (laughs) Because he was horrible as a little boy, and then he grew up to be horrible as an adult. And I know. I'm still not over it. That I, that poor child actor, I swear if I would have saw him in anything else, I would have been like, I'm not watching this. He's not believable as a good child. Literally left his brother for dead. He's out. He is out. Like, I, every time. So, yeah, like that one, I mean, it was Faded Mates, but like, I don't know. I w- some of them are done. I'll say that. That was not one that got me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like- some of them are done really well. And some of them are like, mm, like weightlifting fairy is cute. She is a chubby kid and he is like the skinny kid that everyone bullies and that's how they meet. And he tells her later, he always thought she was really cool because people would talk about her or say things to her about her appearance and she never cared. And he thought that was really cool. And this is like way later when they're older. And I'm like, that's adorable. Mm -hmm. Like, that's so cute. Um, Not, we were locked in a house (laughs) together and now you're afraid of spiders. (laughs) Just like my favorite thing. Also, she told him that she wanted that doll, and then he actually had bought it and still had it that day. That's, like, my favorite thing about that drama, among other things. There is good stuff about it, but I had to throw it under the bus (laughs) and be like, because, like, Crash Landing on You did it well. Yes. Secretary Kim did not. (laughs) (laughs) So there. The quibbles. Yeah, the quibbles. Yeah. For sure. The quibbles. I have always loved Faded Mates in my, you know, before I watched drama, like, in dramas in my reading life like I love Mm -hmm. but I but I usually came to it through like fantasy right like we've talked about Mm -hmm. like the Sarah J Mass books on here like the court series and stuff and like when you're talking about like actual magic Faded Mates is a very common thing um so when I did see it in Crash Landing on you I was like blown away I was like oh I love real life Faded Mates too like contemporary this is amazing so yeah whether it's magic whether it's contemporary it, it works for me it's one of my favorite things and I don't know that I've read a, like a contemporary romance with faded mates. Like I don't know that I've, I don't, I don't know that I've actually read one. I don't think I have either. Mates. Like contemporary style, like mm-hmm. someone just writing like um, they met when they were kids, and then you know, like now they're all grown up and don't really know, but then they'll know later. I, yeah, I recommend have to, like, recommend really something think. to us, listeners. Give us a give yeah, us a contemporary but, faded mates. Yeah, because I don't think I've. I don't think I've read any. It has made me want to write something like that, like K dramas mm-hmm. has, because I'm like, oh my god, I want to do, fa- I want to do contemporary faded mates. Um, but I think that's what's great about K drama is like, I like I've said this before. I remember watching like soap operas when I was in high school. Like I was a soap opera kid, and like this is just like next level. Like they just do tropes so well, and like I feel like if, also in the beginning I was being fed tropes, and I didn't even realize I was being fed yeah. tropes, and I was like, oh wait, this is the thing. That's a trope. Yeah, this is the yeah. thing. Yeah. And I think yeah. I was I was a soap opera person too, 
And I think that's what I thought I was going to be getting when I came to K-dramas. I thought these were, these were just going to be Korean soap operas. And I was like, it's going to be cheesy. The story, like story ideas are just going to get recycled. And, and again, not to throw shade because I loved soaps when I was in my teens and twenties, but this is next level. This, and that's one thing that I love about like the 12 to 16 to 20 episodes and we're done is that yes. nothing gets recycled. Nothing is you know, gratuitous, you know, unless it's a drama that like where the pacing is off and you're like, well, this could have been 12 episodes. I'm looking at you, yeah. Secretary Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Again. 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 Because like we have like four uh, episodes of a happy ending. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So other than that, other than that, I, why am I hitting hard on Secretary Kim? I love that drama. I love Pax I don't know. It's, it's an easy, it's like an easy, easy hit, target. I it feel is. like. Because it's such a, I feel like it's one, it's like a soap opera. Like, I feel like it is a soap opera. It's one of those like guilty pleasure rewatch. I can rewatch it anytime. I've done it before. Like, I'm just like, I don't know what to watch tonight. Oh, I'll just watch my favorite episode of Secretary Kim. And then I just go and watch it. You know what I mean? Cause yes. it's just easy. Cause you kind of like know what to expect. Um, but yeah, like I, it, it it's, I did it's, not mean this. I did not got, mean this episode to be like anti Secretary Kim. <laughs> a trash, but. right? You're going to get a lot of mail. You're going to get a lot of mail. <laughs> I love Secretary Kim. Go back and listen to our episode. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, my gosh. Too funny. That's funny. Okay. Well, just because Leah and Megan are not here does not mean that we don't have a K-pop wreck of the week. And I am going to give you all a break from me talking about The Rose, even though you should go and buy Duel and listen to every single song, <laughs> um, because Megan has a K-pop wreck tonight. Um, so tonight's K-pop wreck of the week, or today, we're recording at night, but today's K-pop wreck of the week is TXT's latest song called Happily Ever After, and it's off their newest album called The Name Chapter, Free Fall. Happily Ever After is super fun and light, um, and the boys are doing, the boys, I say TXT, the boys, they're doing a series of TikToks for their dance trend, and it's really cute, and they're having a really great time with it, and they're bringing in, like, um, people from, like, Liz Seraphim. Um, they also did one with JK, so it's, like, super fun. There's a lot of crossover um, because they're all, like, hype, right. you know, produced. But this song, Happily Ever After, is just a fun, happy vibe of a song. So if you liked Slow Dancing by V, you're really gonna like this song. So give it a listen. Fall in love with BTS's little brothers who aren't so little <laughs> anymore. Um, and if you're curious, my bias is Youngjin, or Youngjun, um, and that's because of his appearance on Citrata, where he got really drunk and blacked out. So he's my favorite. Seriously? I don't know if you saw that episode. Yeah. It's fantastic. Like, he's adorable. You could tell he was really Aww. nervous to talk to Suga. And he just keeps, like, drinking. And at one point, Suga's like, is he going to be okay? Like, does he need some water? It's great. And ever since then, I have just been, like, I get videos of him every time. And he's, he's great, but they're all great. So, yeah. TXT, Happily Ever After. Um, their entire album is available for streaming now. You can also purchase it. Um, where your K-pop albums are sold. And if you're anyone like me with a Target red card, you get 5% off. So there you go. We are not sponsored by Target, but we Yay. should be. <laughs> we're not. And we're also not sponsored by HYBE, but we exactly. should be. So I'm shilling for HYBE all, all the, the time. time. So <laughs> Love it. If you enjoy our podcast, you have our patrons to thank, at least in part. Afternoon of Delight Patreon allows us to keep creating content for y'all to enjoy. Thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us there. And not to brag, but our Patreon community is pretty awesome. And you can join at a tier that feels good to you. 
gain access to fun perks like K-drama posts, monthly Patreon-only bonus podcasts, and even a live K-drama support group on Zoom. Because we know firsthand what it's like to have no one to talk to about those crazy plot twists, amazing characters, and all those feelings. And look, no one should have to walk that walk alone. So learn more by visiting afternoonadelight.com. That's www.afternoonadelight.com. And hey, while you're on the website, you can check out Afternoon Delight podcast merch, find links to book recommendations, bop along to our K-pop recs, glow up your skin with K-merch recs, find all of our social media and a link to our email so you can send us recommendations or feedback. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you pop over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review? It really helps with our discoverability. Gamsamnida! Well, if you've listened to our podcast before, you know that after the K-pop rock of the week comes the spoiler section. So we are now entering spoiler town. If you have not watched Destined with you and want to keep listening, please do so at your own risk. Otherwise, we highly encourage you to hunker down with your best friend, Netflix, and experience this epic romance with some fantastic comedy, a stalker who wants so badly to be a murderer, an adorable second lead, and a heartbreaking past lives twist. If you've already watched, well, then let's get to it. Let's start with the curses and spells. Hongjo is, for reasons we'll get into as we go, the only person who can open a long-hidden wooden box that contains a spellbook that Shin Yu hopes will heal him from the curse that is trying to kill him. And that is like the red hand thing that we've been talking about that made us think this was horror until it goes into like almost slapstick comedy. Because Hongjo initially has a crush on Kwon Jae Young, played by Ha Joon, she concocts a love potion and puts it in his water glass before he's set to have a meeting. Of course, Shin Yu sits next to Jae Young at the meeting and accidentally drinks his water, thus enacting the supposed love spell that makes Shin Yu fall for Hongjo against his will. Herein lies the one bit of confusion I still have at the end of this drama. Is the love potion real? Or does he fall for her because he's found his way back to his first love after generations of past lives and reincarnation? Either way, how freaking delightful is a love-spelled Shin Yu with all of his get-a-grip Shin Yu? Um, so I actually believed in the beginning that the potion was Same. real. Because um, we, we didn't really have a clear picture on the past lives. We knew there were some past life things going on, like there were some flashes of it, but it wasn't really clear what how that was going. And then the way that the drama played it out is not only did did he drink it in the glass sitting next to him, but she had it in like a water bottle. So other people also yes. take sips of this water bottle with this love potion in it. So um like the guy that owns the nursery who turns out to be a bad person um and her boss also drink it. And they're like really nice to her. Like they want to be around her. They want to buy her food. And she's just like, what? What's going on? And then she sees the bottle and she's like, did you drink that? And they're like, yeah, it tastes delicious. (laughs) And she's like, oh God, great. You know, so at first I was like, yes, this is definitely a love potion. But then I feel like the love potion was more of a placebo effect because I think that like they were just, it's called destined with you. So I think that they were destined to be together anyway. And I feel like, um, Shinyu used this as his excuse 
because I really felt in the beginning it was enemies to lovers. And so this was, I felt like it was kind of the excuse to like see Hangzhou for like who she was and love her anyway. So to me, when I watched it, as you go through the episodes, you're like, how long does a love potion last? How, how, because like her boss drank it, like what, two sips. And then he was like, let me buy you a meal and, and let me like be nice to you. And then he like went back to his old self. Right. Do you know what I mean? So it was like, how, what's the potency on this? It can't be this long that he's like in love with her or like for reasons of it being the love potion. So I just really felt like it was almost like a placebo effect to kind of get him to like pay more attention to her and be kinder to her. Um, but love spelled Shinyu was a dream. The way he would get mad at himself, like he would be like, I'm leaving. No, I'm not. I'm staying here. <laughs> or he'd be like, you need to go get out of my car. Go home. No, please don't leave. Stay as long as you want. Like it was so funny. And then like at one point he can't move his so, legs. He had a pee. Like, like he's. <laughs> yeah. He had a. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because he, it's like his body wouldn't allow him to do things. So he's like, I have to be, I, she tells him it, the P part is funny because she tells him drink. She can't stand the fact that he's in love with her. She's like, you drank the love potion. It was not for you. She's so mad. Like you said, she has so much agency with him. She's like good at boundaries with him and like zero other people. And so at this point, she's so mad at him and she tells him, Go drink all the water you can handle. Like, just keep Flush drinking water. So he's just guzzling water, like double fisting water all day. And then they have, they're having this conversation. She's like, what the hell is wrong with you? And he's like, I have to pee so bad. She's like, go. And he's like, okay, I'll go, but I'm going to be right back. I'm coming right back to you. And she's like, don't bother. Like, go away. So it's just funny that he <laughs> was like, such a puppy dog like he just kept showing up places and she's like what are you doing here and he's like I- i'm in love with you she's like no you're not and he's like no really I- i'm in love with you i'm i'm in love with you i'm gonna stay right here i'm like oh i can't and he was so adorable when he did it like and that's what i mean what's so great is he goes from like this really cold hearted sleek person to like this real like you said golden retriever like all of a sudden he's like a fluffy teddy bear you know what I mean? Like he's smiling more and he's like, his voice changes and he's like silly. So like, he silly. Like, getting silly with her. When he like follows her out, cause she goes outside for work a lot cause she like works in parks and like it's parks and rec basically. And yeah. she's in this one. It park. really is actually. <laughs> it really is. And she's, she's like out, you know, out on site and he's like, I did not know which cologne you wanted which would smell better. So I've got this on this side and this on this side. And he's like, what do you think? Which, and he's like going back and forth, like smell this side of my neck, smell this side of my neck. And he's, I mean, it's so funny. Like I loved it so much, but my, like I'm, I'm with you. Like my thoughts on why I don't think the potion was real or at least not everlasting um, is that like her, you know, when her boss, like you said, is nice to her for a little bit, but then he goes and he's totally chasing after his boss. Like he's in love with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also find out that, um, that Na Jung Bom, our would-be murderer, played by An Song Woo, he is revealed to be in the past lives as well. And mm-hmm. so I think he's just part of the curse. Like, that was my thought. Is yeah. that he was just part of the curse. And so really, the curse is what binds them and not the love potion. Because for me, if there's not going to be any resolution to him drinking the potion, which there isn't at the end, then my only way to wrap my head around this and say this is actual true true love is that the potion was not real or was not everlasting so yeah and i like and to me it just 
it was a great way to get them to where they needed to be to realize because I feel like when I really look at it, I feel like they wouldn't have realized that they were intertwined in a past life until they spent that much time together. And there was no reason for them to spend that much time together. Um, and, and the part about the, the box is she has to go, like you said, it's like parks and rec. She has to go to this part of a park where someone has gotten hurt. And it's like this old site that looks like there's been like rituals done. Mm -hmm. Like there looks like there's been some like, heavy things being done at this like site. It's like an old shack and she gets in there. And because of the power that's in that little like shack of a building, she like passes out. So he comes because he's looking, his family owns like land. His his family owns that land and they're going to do something with it. And he finds her. And so that's like their first meeting. Mm -hmm. And immediately they're just like, both like, ew, if I don't have to ever see you again in my life, I won't. You know what I mean? They're just like, yes. Okay, go away. Um, but it's the grandma who's like, she's the owner of the box. And he's like, you've got to be kidding me. And she's like, no, no, she is the owner of the box. That's why she was there. That's why when she got there, she passed out. Now you need to go dig up the box and you need to give it to her. Cause only she can open and it. And he's like, yeah. why? Yeah. And he's like, because she's the only person that can open it. And he's thinking like, great and then that's how they get involved and the more time they spend together the more time they they're the more time they're having he's having flashbacks and she's having dreams is basically what's happening and that's when he gets that red hand up his face um which i mean okay it's a great way to tell the story i just it was it kind of random in the beginning like it just kind of been a red hand on his face and then it makes sense later on but yeah like yeah that's kind of how it went so yeah. So yeah, we agree. Not not a love potion that made them fall in love. Okay, so we get a secondary office romance in this drama, like I was just saying, with Hongjo's manager, Gong Sagu, played by Hyun Bong Shik, and uh, Sagu's manager, Ma Eun Young, played by Yi Bong Ryun. How fun were they? And what are your thoughts on the drama showcasing an older couple? And by older, <laughs> I had to look them up. And by older, I'm doing like finger quotes, older, I mean, a 42 year old woman and a 39, he's only 39, a 39 year old man. Which that made me laugh in these notes that you were like, he's only 39 because it's such the K drama trope where they're like, have the one brother in the family that looks older than the dad, which is like one of my favorite tropes. <laughs> reply and 1988 like, been, was the best. Yeah. Like reply 1988 is so funny about that. Um, but also in record of youth, it's the same. Like they're, the older brother looks so old in that and he's not and it's just so funny like it like laughable but there's been other dramas that that happens but I did that was like the first thing I thought um I really enjoyed the romance and I'm always happy when there's secondary leads and I put advanced age because they're younger than me. <laughs> and they're so younger what does than that me say? Too. Right? I know. They're like, younger than they me. Talk about, like, they, um, I mean, they get married in the end and they talk about like their graying hair and stuff and if, I'm like, yeah. you are not old I already people. have it. I know you're not even old. Um, so I just like that they were an odd couple, but had like mutual respect for each other. Um, in the beginning, you don't see her for like the first, what, like six yeah. episodes, I want to say, four episodes. Um, and she's going through a bad breakup. She's going through like mm-hmm. a divorce or it's a divorce. Something. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's really worried about her. Um, so you see him like 
going like he's reading the papers. I guess her, I, I couldn't put it together, but like her ex-husband is like really famous. Was he like a tennis player or something? I want to say he was like, I honestly don't remember what it was, but I know their, their divorce was public. Yeah. Their divorce was very public. So, you know, every day he's checking the papers and he's making comments. Like, I wonder how she's doing. Should I call her? Should we, should we reach out to her? Should we do all this stuff? And like the other office girls who are terrible, by the way, the office girls were awful. I mean, and one of them is an actor I Same. really love. She was in um, Lovely yes. Liar. I love her. And she was amazing in she my She was. Liar. And then she was in this and I was like, oh my God, you're so awful. Like, you're so mean. But anyway, they had mutual respect for each other. But she was like a battle axe one minute and like a teddy bear the next. Like, she could be so mean and like cutthroat. And then the next minute she was like, but I like you anyway. But I like you anyway. That's fine. I like you anyway. So I just thought that was hilarious and funny they were so cute together and i want to say that um lee bong run um has been in some of my favorite dramas yeah. she was in hometown cha 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 she was Loved in, her in run that. on and she was in crash course and romance which i don't think that you watch but she's really good in that like it that drama is has a couple things that are a little problematic but she is really good in that i mean yeah i really liked her in hometown cha 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 yeah. a lot yeah, yeah. So yeah, they were they were definitely fun. I just laughed so hard at like how much they sort of leaned into like we're old, right? And in real life, he's not even forty. Yeah, they were like we're so old. He was like, I'm so old, I'm never gonna get married. Someone set him up on a blind date um, that he like never wanted to go on, or he wasn't gonna go on, or he was. I don't. It, it was like back and forth. He was like hot and cold with it, and he was like, my mom's so worried that I'm never gonna get married because I'm so old. And then like you find out he's thirty nine. And you're like, okay, you're so old. I'm, my apologies. <laughs> my apologies, you're so old. <laughs> oh my God. Too funny. Oh, let's talk about the second male lead. <sighs> I want to so bad. Okay. okay. So Kwon Jae Young, our second male lead, do we feel bad for him blowing it with Hong Jo when she first confesses her feelings to him? Because she is, has such a crush on him. Like he's the reason she made the love potion. Or did he never have a shot because he is not her fated mate? Um, I was so irritated by him um, <laughs> because he had his chance and he blew it. And I'm not saying that they would have ended up together. But when he's first presented, he's so, like, cold to her. She's like... And there's no reason. Like, we don't really get a reason zero for Zero reasons why he was like this to her. Like, it's not like they gave us this backstory, tragic backstory. He's not a divorcee or, like, just lost his first love or anything. Like, because, you know, we get that sometimes, right? We get those, like, tragic backstories of right. why they can't be in love. But she goes to him so earnestly because she's very, like, earnest. Like, I feel like she's such a sweet person. And she goes to him and she's like, I really like you. And he's kind of been giving her a vibe. Like, can we just talk about that for a minute? He's been like smiling. He let her on. Yes. He's been like smiling at her across the cafeteria. He like says hello to her. He's like looking at her in the elevator. So she was like reading the vibe like, okay. And she likes him. So she tells him, hey, you know, I really like you. And he's just like, no, I don't like you at all. I just, I don't date people I work with. Like he goes through this whole thing and he's like really rude about it. So then later on when he like actually likes her, I'm like, you blew like it. Actively pursues yeah. her. Yeah. And he ended He moves he moves into her house. Oh, like they share like they share two floors of a house. He moves into her house and actively pursues her. Yes. Like battles Shinyu for her. Yes. And the fact that he first of all, no shade, but the fact that he thought he could battle Shinyu for her. 
was laughable. <laughs> like, I was like, have you seen this man? First of all, he's two feet taller than you. Let's be real. Like, he's bigger than you in a lot of ways. And Hajun's adorable. He's adorable. Like, he's absolutely he adorable. Is. He is adorable. And he ended up, he had a good arc as far as. He did. He was actually a really nice person. He was very caring. He was, he did care about Hangzhou. Like, and he didn't try to sabotage their relationship. Like he accepted yes, it. He accepted it. But there's a point where he's like, I'll protect her. I'll take care of her. And I laughed. I was like, as if, bro, as if you could. <laughs> Have you, are you looking at what I'm looking at? There's, there's no way. Just, it's fine. Good, good try. Like, I'll clap for you. Like, go to blah. Shin you for days. Like, I just, it's funny but I was so irritated by him because once he was like well I like her I was like no no this is what we're not going to do we're not going to like the lead when she has a man because you didn't like her before when she didn't have a man but now that she has somebody now you're gonna like right stake a claim no thanks pass so yeah and I what I did like as far as his existence in this drama like even though he was horrible in the beginning Mm -hmm. in in sort of giving her the brush off what I did like is that when he does start paying attention to her, she thinks she still likes him. Yeah. And as we see their relationship like start to progress, he realizes that she's reacting more to Shin Yu than she is to him. And and I really loved that about that, that she didn't realize that she was falling for Shin Yu at first, mm-hmm. but he did. Yeah. And he was like real sad about it. But again, my guy. Blew it. Blew it. She, Shin Yu wasn't even the picture when she told you she liked you. He, there was nope. no box. There was no, like, spells to be cast. Which, I, like, we didn't even talk about the spells, but, like, for five minutes, like, the spells were amazing. Like, the fact that she had to go, he had to drive, like, Shinyu has to drive her out in the countryside. He has to <laughs> buy her this, like, white bridal gown. They have to get, like, all these, like, crazy ingredients. It, and then she's like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then it's like, the moon has to be this, and the time has to be this, and the wind has to be, th- and then she just does it. And, like, she does it a couple of times, and I just thought it was kind of amazing how, like, it didn't seem out of the ordinary when, like... She just kind of fell into it. Yeah, and it could almost be, in any other drama, I feel like I would have been like, this is so over the top and comical, like, this is stupid. But for whatever reason, like, she made it really believable that she was just going to go in the middle of a park and, like, cast a spell. Um, Also, what I really love, too... Is that when she cast her first spell, which was the love potion, the only reason why she did that is because her Ajima friend that lives in the countryside sent her goat's milk. And one of the ingredients was milk from an animal that had a loving mother. And she thought that that, the goat's milk would do that. And that's why she cast that spell, which I thought was like, cause she didn't really have any of the other things. No. You know? No. Cause where would she even get them? Like, yeah. It was- like, like you said, like weird it's like lists. Nine of o'clock at ten o'clock at night. What is she gonna go down to like the little seven eleven on the corner and be like, I need um goat's milk and you know, I have newt. really specific flour. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I have newt. Like she get you know, whatever. <laughs> so I just thought that was really funny. Like that whole thing was adding like it just added that to that magical realism that like while it could have you could have seen that and thought, this is really hokey. Like, this is really hokey and overdone. It really wasn't. It kind of just fit in there perfectly. And it was done in a, in a like, neat way where it didn't feel over the top. And I really like that. Yeah, I don't feel like it was hokey yeah. at all. You know, we, we talked a little bit about this being, you know, there being some, like, 
slapstick comedy, but it's not over the top mm-hmm. either. Like nothing, I think nothing in this drama is over the top. Like when I think over the top slapstick, I think like Cafe Minim Dong, which y'all know that Leah hated. <laughs> hated. Um, I did not hate that, but I took it for what it was. But that is some over the top mm-hmm. slapstick. And that's not what you're getting here. It's, it's funny. It's well-timed comedy and both like, Joboa and Rowoon just have really great chemistry mm-hmm. and comic timing with each other. And it I'm works really tr- I'm well. I'm trying to think of like what I could compare it to as far as like the comedy aspect of it goes. I almost feel like, you know, the parts in hospital playlists that were just funny. Yes. It's kind of like yes. that where it's like a mm-hmm. natural progression to funny where you're like hospital playlist is not a funny drama, but it has its funny no. moments. And I feel like that really is what this is. Like it, it's, not supposed to be a comedy, but it has like some real good comedy, like, like scenes. Like it really does, it really does the comedy portion well. Yeah. And they fit in and they don't like come out yeah. of nowhere. Mm-hmm, so for sure. Yeah. Really well done. Okay. So whether or not you are a fan of the evil ex-girlfriend trope, we, or I, I at least, I'll see if you agree with me, have to hand it to Yura from Girls Day for her portrayal of the at first undercover bully, Nayeon. She was the best at being the worst, I thought. Um, so what are your thoughts on the evil ex trope? And did it fit well into the context of this story? Um, and were you satisfied with her getting not only exposed at the end, but also arrested for like aiding a murderer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't mind an ex-girlfriend trope at any time, if it fits in with the story. And I do feel like it fit in with the story because she bullied Hangzhou when they were kids. And then she ends up being the girlfriend, quote unquote, of Shin Yu, but like they're breaking up. They don't really, he doesn't really like her. Um, not no. really. And it's almost like a Chable arranged marriage. That's how I read it. It, yeah, it, yeah, it was. I mean, cause she's the daughter of the mayor. And she is obsessed with him to a point. She's obsessed with him to a point. Um, cause she's not clean by any means in this. No, she's, she's sleeping she with somebody is, yeah. else because and it, who, it fits her who needs. Who turns out to be his like biggest enemy. Like, yeah. it, which is like diabolical. Like when that reveal, I was like, Oh my God. But I will say that the first thing I saw her in was forecasting love and weather. And I hated her because she played, um, the new girlfriend and she was like so cunning and evil. Um, and I just was like, as soon as I saw her, I was like, I already know what she's playing. Like, I already know, I already know how this is going to turn out. That, oh gosh, poor girl's like typecast. Yeah, I think she is. And I think like she could be really good, um, doing other things, but that's like, I even looked at her back catalog to see if maybe I'd seen anything else she was in, like, and just didn't realize it at the time. But no, those are like the only two things I've seen her in. Um, and she had an arc in that, but as soon as I saw her in this, I was like, she's going to be the villain. And I, like I said, I think the ex-girlfriend trope works if it makes sense for the drama. And you didn't watch Nevertheless. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Nevertheless did with Song Kang's ex in that, she gets to be the stand-in for one of the best lines ever delivered in K-drama, in my opinion. And it's so fantastic. And without, I'm just going to say it because it's been a two, it was two years ago this drama came out. So if I'm ruining it for you, I'm so sorry. This is the spoiler section. So I'm sorry. But there's a point in this drama where his ex-girlfriend, quote unquote, because 
I think they were in a situationship because in this drama, Song Kang is in so situationships. He's not in relationships. He is in situationships. And she is the ex situationship and she approaches the new situationship. Her name's Nobby. Nobby is getting a cup of coffee. The ex-girlfriend's on the phone and she's talking about getting a haircut. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm going to get a haircut. And then I can't remember his name in the drama, but we're going to go get food. And then we're going to go do this. We're going to do that. You know, he really, he's really into me. He's like, she's just talking it up. Right. And Nobby's sitting there like rolling her eyes. Like he was literally at my apartment last night, but whatever girl, do you. So she gets off the phone and she looks at her and she was like, oh, you heard all that. And Nobby says this, she said, I did. And just to let you know, he likes it when you tie your hair back when you do it. And she walks away. <laughs> and I was like, I have never in my K-drama history seen anything. I was stuck. I watched it twice. I was stuck. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And it was so good. But like, that's what I mean. If the ex-girlfriend, if the evil ex-girlfriend is there to do the main lead justice, I'm all for it. If she's just there as like a prop, I, I don't want it. But I will say that um, Na Young got exactly what she deserved. Um, and she actually deserves more. So we'll lock her up and throw away the key. Because she was <laughs> awful in this. And not Horrible. only was she awful, she lied so much. And, like, I kept waiting for Shin Yu to be like, you're such a liar. And he wasn't. I mean, he finally figured it out. But, like, the fact that she was like, I didn't bully her. She slaps Hanjo at one point. I'm like girl, she slapped you. Go tell your man. Like I would have just went and told him like, she slapped me. What are you gonna do about it? Like fix it real quick. And they didn't because you know, that's a real Western attitude to have, but like she was awful. Like she was just awful. And so yes, she gets arrested and I'm just like, good, throw away the key. Goodbye. She gets arrested like while she's freaking out at Hong Jo, like like saying like why do you get everything that I want? Like so like so like just freaking out like you take everything me for me. Why do you get everything that I want? And you know, she she's you know raising her hand at it, Hong Jo to like hit her again. Hong Jo's like looking around, she's like, Do you see the CCTV there? Yeah. Do you really want that? Because after it has already been broadcast that she like threw wine on Hong yes. Jo too. Yeah. Right then and there when she shows the CCTV, like all of a sudden a police car pulls up and they arrest her too. And she's just losing her mind. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. It was so great. And the other thing too is, is that like, how dare you? Because Hong Jo had nothing. Mm -hmm. Like she lost both her parents. She didn't have a lot of money. You can obviously tell like she lives in I mean she has a nice place to live but like it's assumed she's living paycheck to paycheck it's right. assumed that she's living paycheck to paycheck so at one point um Shin Yu wants to pay for something and she's like absolutely not like you're not doing that I'm not that's not my vibe or whatever so like the fact that Nayon was like you take everything from me everything I want you get I'm like no with your designer bags and you're like right. fancy Privileged shoes little baby. Yeah. go away go go sit in the cop car for a while like uh no Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I really thought, because I, 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 I had forgotten at that point that she was like aiding our, our yes. stalker murderer mm -hmm. guy. I had forgotten yeah. that. And, and he's been caught and that's, you know, that's all taken care of. And she still goes to Hong Jo's place to like tell her off and like try and, you know, try and rile her up again. And I love that Hong Jo just stands up to her. And I thought that like the comeuppance was just going to be, he chose me. So like, yeah live with it lady and then the police car shows up and i was like oh damn that is amazing yeah like 
Yeah. She doesn't just get exposed for being a bully, but she's going to get arrested for like assisting a murderer. That's perfect. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, you know, I don't usually, you know, <laughs> Amy's all, I'm not relish evil, somebody but... else's mis- misfortune so much, but I did. I really yeah, did. I did too. Also, because she deserved it in forecasting and love and weather and she didn't get it. So whatever. <laughs> I hold a grudge. Okay. So here we go. The big reveal. The big reveal. It's a story. So <laughs> in their past lives, Hangzhou was a shaman named uh, Ang Cho and Rowoon was Zhang Mujin. Either royalty or nobility, I couldn't really tell. Do you know, like, was he royalty or was he? I think he was nobility. He was nobility to the point that he had to go and train to be something bigger than he was. It was almost like they were trying to. He was like living in the in the palace. Yeah, he was living in the palace grounds. It it felt to me like in other historicals I watched, he is like a pawn. So his family wants him to marry into the royal family somehow. He's going to marry like the mayor's daughter or like the secretary general's daughter to get like a piece of the pie is basically I think okay. who he was. Yeah. Okay. So they fall in love, like even when they're kids, but then are forbidden to be together because shamans were considered lower class than animals. And once they're adults and they've like kind of been separated, Ang Cho is living in secret at the palace. Um, and kind of doing the queen's bidding. And the queen, via threats to both Ang Cho and Mujin, because she knows that Ang Cho is in love with Mujin, forces Ang Cho to use black magic to kill the crown prince so that her son can be the king. Ang Cho tries the black magic, but stops mid-spell, because the spell is basically, I mean, she says there's, there'll be a price to pay and like her hands like start blistering and stuff. Like it is some dangerous shit. And so even though she knows that something bad can happen to Mujin, like she stops because she's like, I can't go through with this. Still, soon after that, when she says she can't go through with it, the crown prince like spits up blood and dies. The king accuses Ang Cho. Ang Cho claims it was the queen's doing, that she probably poisoned the crown prince, but it's no use. The royal army is now out to kill the supposedly deadly shaman. Mujin tries to save her and is mortally wounded, trying to fight off like basically the entire army. <laughs> and the army is led by past Jae Young. And um, he lets him know, as like they're all, you know, sort of slicing him with the sword and beating him to shit, that they are not just going to kill Ang Cho, but they are going to have her torn limb from limb, um, despite her saying that anyone who kills her would be cursed for eternity. So Mujin, who somehow is not dead, makes it to Ang Cho just in time, and despite knowing that he will be cursed for generations to come, stabs her so that he is able to give her as merciful of a death as he can and that so she is not tortured. It's tragic as fuck. It really is. And I was not prepared for Rowoon as Mu Jin, like losing his shit for having to kill his true love. It was like the most heartbreaking thing I've witnessed in K-Drama Land for a long time. So then fast forward to present day, when Shin Yu's grandmother, um, Unwal, explains that the curse that binds him in Hangzhou can never be broken unless one of them dies. Like, this is what's carried over from all of that. Well, mm-hmm. thankfully. Thankfully. Shin Yu, Shin Yu is stabbed by <laughs> Jung Bum and for a few minutes dies. Curse broken. Curse broken. Curse broken. Phew. That was a lot. I will say, yeah, it was a lot. And I will say that. We get this reveal before the last episode, right? So we get this reveal like episode 15, 15 mm-hmm. I want to say. And it was so shocking to me. You're the way they shot this, like the way that this, this K drama was shot. You're getting pieces of this puzzle. 
as you go along. So you're getting these flashbacks, you're getting these flashbacks. And like in about episode 13 or 14, you're led to believe that he killed her or that there's a chance that he killed her, but you don't know why. Like you don't get the reason. So you're like, oh my God, what happened? How did they get estranged? Like they were so in love. Like how this happened? And then you get to the episode where it's like, he chooses to kill her so that she won't be tortured. And let me tell you. And curses himself. Curses himself. Yes. And curses himself on purpose. Like he's like, I will take, he tells her something like, I know I will be cursed. And like generations will be cursed. I'm doing it because I can't stand to know you will have a worse fate than me. And it's like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, oh my God. And I have said for years that Namju Hook was the best crier in K-drama. Like, I say that all the time. Like, have you seen the startup? Have you seen him cry in the startup? He's so good. He's, like, on his knees crying. No. My mind has been changed. Because this man, crying, literally sobbing his, like, body. No. Mm -mm. I I couldn't. It was was so tragic. I I could not. It was. I was not prepared. And that's. I wasn't either. To me, that is like the beauty of K drama. And I'll go back to the, to my very first, you know, go back to Crash Landing on You, where I would be sobbing my eyes out one second and then laughing my ass off the next. And the way that Mm -hmm. that is so well interwoven into dramas that do it right. And this is one of those dramas Mm -hmm. that, that does it right. I laughed out loud for so many parts of this. I swooned at the romance of it and I bawled when he killed her. Yeah. It, and it's a big, I feel like it's such a big reveal because we know we finally, like at one point we finally get the hand. So we know it's her. Yes. We just don't know how she got there. We don't know how she is bleeding. And he, like at that point, we don't know that he's bleeding. And then you get this whole scene, like you said, like they are, they are literally cutting him to pieces. Like you hear the, sw- the swords are like, shing, shing, shing. You're like, Oh shit, this, how is he not? He's dead? still fighting all of them off. Okay, not only is he fighting all of them off, like this is the one part. He gets shot you... with an arrow first. Like that's the first, like, oh, that's he right. Shot he with does. an arrow. I forgot about the arrow. But this is the part I'm going to say for the really discerning eye of K drama watchers. This is the part where you have to go. I'm going to let reality oh, for sure. fly away. Okay, not believable at all. But that's okay because that's where we are. The fact that he gets shot with an arrow, then he gets like, butchered that's like fruit ninja i'm not even joking like that's what it sounds like (laughs) that's what it reminded me of like the sound it's all changing like honestly and then he's riding on a horse doesn't he ride on a horse yes to find her how it's like the white truck of death and then all the blood from the head and then the next episode they're awake in the bed they're like i'm fine nothing bad bandage on their hair (laughs) right how is it possible but it's possible because then he walks up to her and he like takes his knife and he just like jams it in her. right in the side. Which if you think about it, it's the same place he was injured. Yes, that's where he was stabbed. Same. Yeah. Same place he was stabbed. So it's like it all comes full circle with that right there. But yeah, I I agree because I was like, he because when they were fighting him, I was like, oh, he's going to die. So he really didn't kill her. There's no way because he's going to die. And then he in true K-drama fashion yeah. doesn't die. Which is one of my favorite things about K-drama. One of my favorite. Like, he should have been dead a million times. (laughs) The arrow. The arrow should have been enough. Right. Shot him off his horse. Right in the heart. It seems like it's right in the heart. Right? He tumbles, gets right up with a sword. Like, I'm ready to fight. Like, only Raloon 
It's only believable because it's Raul. There's no way. Exactly. I mean, I can suspend my disbelief for Sonny Jin flying into a tornado when she's paragliding. Absolutely. Absolutely. And crash landing on you. Then I, like, that was that was the barometer. That was where it was set for me. It was my first drama. I'm like, if I'm okay with this, I'm okay anything with anything. Goes. Anything goes. Yep. Yeah. That's how I feel. But it, listen, we're making it sound really funny. It's really dramatic and intense. Like, it's super intense. It is. But I figured out my, I was talking to my daughter today and I figured out I have like the worst trauma response. I get the giggles and like she does too. And so she had a trauma, like it wasn't real trauma. One of her, like side note, one of her friends, boyfriends hurt his knee at football, at the football game last week. And he's like out for the season, probably out for the rest of high school, which is really sad. And her response was, that sucks. Oh my God. Does he have to be on crutches? And I was like, that is not, (laughs) I'm so sorry, generationally that this is you. I'm. Anyway, all that to say, that's why I'm giggling because I have the worst trauma response to anything. Like, I'm sorry, but it is okay because we're trying to we're, we're trying yes. to wrap the logic. And you really it. can't. You can't. He should have been dead. Like you can't. The bottom line is he should, and she should have too because at some point they beat her. Like they almost beat her to death. She's bloody when she gets there. Yes. Like when it's on like a top of a snow capped mountain. Which, by the way, there's no blood around them on the snow capped mountain. How is that even possible? No, it was very clean. They're bleeding clean profusely. Except around mm-hmm. them. And then she's there all bloodied up, looking like death. And then he comes up, stabbed, shot with an arrow, sliced up, and... Fruit ninja. He's literally... Amy, he's literally fruit ninja. I'm not even joking. <laughs> and then, they, then they're like, end scene. End scene. Yep. Okay. It was fine. beautiful. It was Gorgeous. beautiful shot. C- cinematography. It A was. plus. It was. 10 out of 10. <laughs> okay. So this drama does have a happy ending, yes, right? Because Shinyu gets yes. stabbed and he gets he gets to die and come back and the curse mm-hmm. is broken. And, and mm-hmm. we see like she touches his cheek. It's all good. So let's round this out with some fun yes. stuff. Why why is Itei adorable and everything? Like even when he's a Moogie in Tale of the Nine-Tailed. And in this, he is Shinyu's like oldest and dearest friend who seems to be crushing on Shinyu's Which mom. is fantastic. I love that so much. <laughs> I really thought they were going to get together and I was for it. I did. Too. I was like, I am so for this because her husband was awful to her. And I was like, do it, do it. And I don't know because I don't know Extraordinary You that well, but I'm pretty sure his screen name was a nod to the book in Extraordinary You. When she sells him the little boat or whatever, his screen name that oh. he used to, to buy it from her, I'm pretty sure is the name of the book from Extraordinary You. That's funny. I think oh, I, I would have to, to I have now. to, oh I never gosh. did the research on it, but I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the name of one of the books. So if anybody knows for sure that's listening, let us know. Cause I'm pretty sure. Um, and I just will say, I've never watched Tell the Nine Tell. Um, I feel like I've seen it cause of like the podcast, cause you guys talk about it all the time. <laughs> so I knew immediately it was a Moogie. Like, and I call him, a, I refer to him as a Moogie, even though I've never seen it. I do too. Um, and he was delightful as a squid fairy, but I'm just going to say this. I feel like he needs his own drama. Because he's super charming. He needs a drama where super he's charming. his super charming self, fun, a little chaotic. I would love to see it. So I don't, if he's in one and I just don't know about it, like, let us know. Because I want to see it. Because he's adorable. Yeah. I do. I love him in everything I see him in. Oh, we're... <laughs> Are we going to be able to talk about And on some really fun notes. Are we going to be able to talk about this? Were you prepared for the sexy rich man closet scene? Closet sex scene? Listen, it was only a matter of time before these two got down, okay? Because I knew it was coming. But I thought it was going to be in, like, true K-drama fashion where they have a kiss and then they wake up the next morning in the bed. Super chaste. Super, like, one kiss, they make eyes at each other, 
the next morning. We get the next morning where they're like snuggled up. Um, Because she's supposedly a virgin too, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like it comes up earlier. And that's okay. The way that he looked at her before he attacked her. and I say attacked. He really didn't attack her. But the way he. Good attack. Good good, attack. I mean, the best way. There was consent. There was. Yeah. But the look that he gives her, he's like being coy with her a little bit. He's mm-hmm. like flirty. The look that he gives her right before he goes up for the kiss is like, I cannot. Like, And she's just it. wearing one of his big white shirts yes, too. Yes, of course. But like, I was so shocked at how much they actually showed. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, they did the same thing like in Business Proposal where like the girl is like all covered up, but the guy just like unrobes, like he disrobes, like, hey, here's my chest and my arms, and my, which I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I was really surprised but like watching Raoul try to devour her in that closet was like extremely hot so he like props her up on that island thing i'm like listen oh my God. i'm bu- i'm a busy woman i can't sit here and watch this 200 times so wrap <laughs> it up okay speaking of watching 200 oh times <laughs> because this i mean this drama was like super super chased yes. in the beginning right because yes. we do have like the enemy celebrity mm-hmm. thing then when they finally start kissing, it's getting a little, a, a little sexy, mm-hmm. right? But like, I was not prepared for the sex scene. Then we get this super, super sexy sex scene. And then we get cotton candy. Mm-hmm. So the very end of this drama, they're walking outside under the cherry blossoms. It is a beautiful sunny day. And there's a cotton candy vendor. This is as like sweet and saccharine as you can get. And she goes and buys herself a stick of cotton candy and comes back. And he's like, you only got one? Like, what about me? And she bites off a mouthful of cotton candy and tilts her head up to him. Yep. And some things happen. I took screenshots of this. And send them to and, me. Because you had already uh-huh. finished. You, uh-huh. You're like, let me know when you uh-huh. finish. And I took screenshots and, and messaged Megan. I was like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, because cotton candy is not inherently sexy, but it is now. Like, I'll never be able to it look is. at a pink cotton candy like that ever again and just Mm-mm. not think of raw wound immediately. Um, it's, do, were you a Grey's Anatomy fan? Did you watch Grey's Anatomy? For like a few years, like not 30 okay. years. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, before K-drama, I'm the Grey's Anatomy queen. I've seen the whole thing. It's like, it was like my, my drama, my comfort drama for years. Um, when Owen Hunt comes on the scene, every time he kisses Christina, it's like he's, trying to eat her it's like he's trying to devour her every time and like okay fine it fits but that's how i felt about him i felt like every time he went in to kiss her it was like he was just going to just like full-on lion's mouth just goodbye i'm not mad about it at all i'm just saying that and he gives her this look first of all his mouth first of all first of all a and b the way he gives the look and he just gives these looks I can't explain it. It doesn't make any sense to me. It, it, I don't think it makes sense. There's no science behind it. It just is. <laughs> and this is Roman not, Empire. This is not like Lady and the Tramp sharing a noodle. No. Like mm, this mm. is open mouth. Mm-hmm. I am not only going to take your cotton candy, but I'm going to take you along with it. Your soul. Your soul. Uh huh. I'm a dementor. I'm going to take your soul. <laughs> it's fine. It's going to be fine. And like this really, you know, in K drama, we get a lot of like, the like you guys always talk about like in healer how the next day he's like such a puppy dog for her in healer like afterglow they, they, healer, you know yeah. they did it yeah like the afterglow this wasn't like afterglow this was like marking his territory uh-huh. this was like she is mine 
I'm very like, this is, this is mine. This is how this relationship is going to be. And if you thought we weren't sleeping together, well, yes, we are. Because this is how I'm going to prove it to you. And I'm like, okay, I'm totally fine with that. I just never, I would have never occurred to me. No. Would have never occurred to me. I mean, slow clap to whoever wrote that cotton candy scene. Had to be a woman. Like if it was the screenwriter or if it was the director taking liberties, like I don't know who it was, but like probably one of the sexiest things I've ever seen in K-drama. Yeah, I'm almost afraid to ask because I am afraid that it's actually an ad-libbed scene. Like he actually just did that. He was supposed to do something else and he did that um, because there's this scene in Strong Woman, Do Bong Soon, where she's like trying to feed him a piece of candy and he... It's supposed to be like coy and like she keeps like moving it and he actually goes in for the kill and after he bites the candy, he kisses her. And that entire scene was ad-libbed. And like once I found that out, I was like, oh, okay, got it. And that's like why I wonder, like I don't want to know um, because it's hard enough to live with this scene as a written scene. I don't want to know that he was like, you know what I think? I'm going to take creative license and I'm going to do this. I, I can't. No. No, thank you. I can't know that. That's not something I can go. I can't live the rest of my life and know that. <laughs> I just can't. It was so sexy. I just, it really was. It, it really was. That's going to be really hard was. to top. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any final thoughts? Anything we forgot that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? I just wanted to say, because this is the spoiler section, so I can say this, but one of my, I, it's going to go down as one of my favorite K-drama scenes of all time is the morning after the sexy closet time. The grandma calls Anwul, who I love. I love the grandma in this. At one point, they're bothering her about the spells. And she's like, I'm busy. I'm watching BTS. Goodbye. And I was like, same, Grammy. <laughs> like, same, Grammy. Okay? Samesies. Like, she's so great. She's funny. She's, like, real good comedic timing. Like, she just is fun. But the morning after, um, Shinyu and Hongjo are in bed. And his phone's ringing, like, off the hook. And he picks it up. And he's like, hello? And she says... It's a girl. She says, not it's a girl, but she says, it's a daughter. And he's like, what? And she's like, I had a conception dream. I ate a peach. Congratulations. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, put Hongjo on the phone. Like, he's like, what? What do you mean? I'm alone. And she's like, I do. Yeah, right. Have a good morning. Goodbye. Like, she is so funny. And that scene is so funny because he's so shocked. And then Hongjo's like, what happened? Was that like, gra- she calls her grandma. Was that grandma? And he's like, yeah, she's just talking her nonsense again. And she's like, okay. And then the part that I loved is that he looks at her with very loving eyes and he kisses her on the forehead because he's so secure in that relationship at that point that like, if there's a baby, oh, well. I know. That's what I loved is that he's like, if this is what it is, it is. And he, yeah. he was not scared. Mm-hmm. But then we find out that the people who are pregnant <laughs> are his parents. Which is he is a awesome. grown ass man, right? He's a grown ass man, and his parents have reconciled because, like, the dad has been horrible, and he, yeah, he, he grovels and he grovels mm-hmm. well. Yeah, he does. And they make up, and then she's suddenly pregnant. His mom, and it's great. <laughs> it's hilarious. It, it's actually great. And I, I will say, I really liked his mom. I'd like to see her in other things um, because I always like when we have age appropriate actresses playing. Parents. Yeah. Like, I love when the parents are actually the, the actual age of parents. That's one of my favorite things. I want to see how old she actually is. I'm going to look her up. It's Jung Hae Young. Yeah. And she... She was a delight. Was born in 1973. Yeah. See? So... So, age appropriate. Which is... 
age appropriate. Also, I don't want to hear that because she, I also could be Robin's mom. I Let's could not too. talk about that. I part. could too. Like, this is one of the, we're just one of, this is that. one of the few times where I can say an actor is older than me, but not by much. Yeah. Yeah. But, but she's beautiful. Oh, that's She's good. beautiful yeah. and yes, it was done really well and it was very, very funny. But also, he's a grown man and he's going to have a baby sister. <laughs> yeah. And I, what I loved about that is when, when it's revealed that they are not pregnant, not only are they not pregnant, they're not like rushing to get married. Like they're like, we want to like get to know each other and yeah. date. And I loved that. Like then he goes and he buys, like, like, uh, Jae Kyung moves out of the house below. And Shin Yu buys it. Like, they're not even moving in together. He's going to be, like, her – like, they're going to be mm-hmm. tenants together. And I thought that was adorable, Never. too, that they're going to, like, yeah. now finally get to know each other. Like, they can be in love, but they're going to get to know each other and actually date. Yeah. And I really love that, too, because, you know, he's a table, so he could afford to buy a new place. Like, his apartment's amazing, and he could just tell her, why don't you move in with me? I'll take care of everything. Or let's buy a new place. I'll buy a new place for us together. And he doesn't do that because he understands her independence, which I really love. You know, you don't, I mean, you get that sometimes. And look, I'm all for happily ever after where he swoops in, he buys her everything she needs and he takes care of her for the rest of her life. I love that. But for this particular character, that really wouldn't fit. And I loved it because it was so against the norm of what you would see like mm-hmm. in a table drama. So I really, really love that. Yeah. That they, they were like, we're just going to take it slow and we're going to date and get to know each other. And I was like, that's perfect. I love it. Happily ever after. Fantastic drama, mm-hmm. ten out of ten. Like yes, I, ten out of ten. I was definitely um, surprised. I mean, not surprised by how much I love a Rowan drama, but I do admit that when I first started, I'm like, I don't know if this is going to stick the landing because there's so much going on, and it did. Yeah, and I watched the first like 15 minutes of episode one, and then I left it for a couple days. I I left it for like a week, and then I went, you know what? I'm going to give it a try because I had seen some reels and you know whatever. I don't mind spoilers. So I was like, okay, well, now we're like up to episode like three. So maybe I'll get a bit another chance. And I'm glad that I did. Because I I mean, I think ultimately I would have watched it at some point. But I'm just really glad I watched when it dropped. Because it was super fun to watch that way. It was. Like I was like literally like on the edge of my seat waiting for the episodes to drop each week. Especially when we were getting like past yeah, the halfway point. I was like, I, I need mm-hmm. to know. So yeah, yeah, loved it. I hope those of you listening, if you watched it, I hope you loved it too. We'd love to hear all about it. Like I said, we did talk about this in the Patreon a lot, but I'm excited next week to be able to talk about it on all our other socials so that you all can uh, join in the conversation. And yeah, we definitely need a Faded Mates contemporary romance book. So yes, if anyone has up. one, I would like, why don't you just write one? Just write one. I mean, I would like to, I would, I would like to, I'm under contract for a couple of things that I can't do that with right now, but <laughs> I, I, I hope, I know I you're busy, that soon. I know you're busy, yeah. but you know, yeah. just, it's fine. Just. It is on my list. Like, trust me, like every time I watch a K-drama, I'm like, I want to write like this type of a story. I think, and like, that's such the beauty of K-drama is that like, you just get a little, you get something different. I do still watch Western shows. Don't get me wrong. I do too. They have to be really good. They have to be like really good. Can't be something recycled anymore. Like it has to be like. Right. It's got to be something basically written by Jenny Han. Like. (laughs) I mean, almost. Okay. Exo Summary turned pretty. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Summary turned pretty. Don't even get me started. Like my girls, <laughs> my girls would watch it before me and then they would make me watch it and they would watch for my reaction. And they, I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, we want to know what you and think. I, I, I watch it with my daughter. So it was yeah, it's super it's fun. I love Jenny Like, which is like, I feel yep. like K-drama adjacent. Cause when I started getting into K-drama, everyone's like, oh my God, K-drama. Like, how did you get into that? And I was like, well, I mean, I watched to all the boys I love before. She's Korean American in the book. So like, I mean, it's yeah. K-drama adjacent. They're like, oh. 
was like, no, really, it it is. So it is, yeah. especially if you did. You watch Exo Kitty? Yes, I loved it. That was a hundred percent a K drama. Yes. That's what I loved about it. I would I would do a podcast yeah. on that. Like I even was like, are you guys watching this? Because like it would make a really interesting podcast. Because the first few minutes, I like looked at my daughter Mackenzie, and I was like, this is a K drama. Everything that's happening right in and the mirror is K drama. All of it, hundred percent. I was like, this is. I'm like, this is this typical character. Yes. This is this typical character. And I was telling my, and I tried to get my daughter to watch Crash Landing on You, and she was just not getting into it. And so my daughter is not a K drama fan right now, which is really sad to me, but also like, mm-hmm. whatever, more K-drama for me. But we're watching Exo Kitty. I'm like, you don't get it. This is a K-drama. Yes. Like, you would love K-drama. Mm-hmm. She's like, but I only like, she's like, I only like these kinds of tropes because I already know the characters. Like, she's oh. like, I'm already invested in Kitty yeah. from, you know, to all the boys I love before. Because it, mm-hmm. it is, it's a spinoff from yeah. the Lara Jean books. It but is. whatever. It was 100% a K-drama. It takes place in Korea. It's done so well. I loved it so it, much. It really is. And it, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, it was, I just, I remember what, like the first like episode, every time something happened, I'm like, oh my God, that's K-drama. Oh my God, that's a, that's another K-drama. That's this trope. That's this. My kids were like, shut up, mom. Like, stop, you're ruining it. I'm like, no, it's so good. You don't I'm understand. I'm so glad you had the same experience. Yeah. It was totally, yeah. Maybe we'll have to pot it. We'll, we'll do a snack on it. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for inviting me. This was so much fun to spend an hour and a half. Thank you for doing this with me. I was like, I need to talk about this. And I'm Rowan. not going to, I mean, like, for some reason, Rowan is not Megan or Leah's Roman Empire right now. So it'll happen. I hope someday that happens. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it'll it happen or now. it won't. That's okay. You know, that's, I've been trying to get yeah. Leah to watch something that's, uh, Song Kang has been in. And she's like, oh, okay, I'll get to it. And I'm like, um, girl, you need to get to it sooner because it's really good. <laughs> but I think I'm like the only we one. All, we all have our things. Yeah, I mean, we all we all pick something, right? Like sometimes it's a mullet, sometimes it's long yeah. hair, sometimes I mean, what whatever. Sometimes it's floppy golden retriever who makes cotton candy sexy. Sometimes that's what it is, and I'm here for me it. Me too. So <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank you everybody me. for listening, and we will see you next time. Annyeong. Kamsamnida. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to AfternoonOfDelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!